cedar. <laughs> rude. Yeah. Hey, if you're new here, welcome to the Infertile Mafia. Hi. You know? Hi. That's Kayla. And that's Sarah. <laughs> that's what we do. Yeah, we just noticed that we got an influx of, of new people. And we just want to officially welcome you, right? Welcome all you new infertiles. Yeah. As we welcome. were just talking that there's probably a new a new class. A new class of infertiles. <laughs> Freshman infertiles. I'm sorry you're here. Welcome. We're sorry you're here. <laughs> <laughs> this is a club you do not want to be a part of, but you know. Yeah, and some and you're like, some of these people are pretty cool. And you make new friends. And it's like joining a sorority you never wanted to be a part of. Yeah. Were you in a sorority? Yeah, and regrettably, yes. You were? I had no idea. I think I just, my microphone just peaked. <laughs> Sorry about that. I had no idea. It's oh, not that interesting, here. except that I just, oh, hi, Cedar. Oh. <laughs> um, I mean, we could talk about it in Out of the Box. I don't. Oh, yeah. Let's talk I about ha- it. I have mostly bad things to say. <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm interested. Uh, Okay. Uh, okay, so we wanted to, for anyone who's new, maybe you just joined us like within the last day or two, uh, we just wanted to give you a very brief kind of introduction of ourselves. So we'll keep this yeah. simple. Um, I'll go first. I said my name is Kayla. I live in Chicago. I'm married to Bill. I have two uh, IVF twin daughters. That would be what two means. Twins or two. Um, Yeah, we did IVF back in 2014 is when we started. And uh, we had male factor infertility. And then I had a number of things going on, too, that I've talked about in the podcast. Uh, We did IVF. I had an early miscarriage the first time, a chemical pregnancy the second time. These are all with transfers, embryo transfers. And then the last transfer we did, we got the twins, Sydney and Gianna. So tried to keep it simple. That's kind of my story in a nutshell. I guess the big thing that people talk about that's a little bit unique about mine is the IVIG that I did, the intravenous immunoglobulin therapy. I was going to say, what does that stand for? Yeah. Uh, that's not really like, that wasn't, it's not usually a normal path, a quote unquote normal path if there is one to take through infertility. But that's true. Um, and I talk about that at length too in other episodes. And I kind of want to talk about it again. You know why? Because it's weird. Because my favorite infertility doctor, Dr. Shaheen, was like, don't do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Yeah. So next time I talk to her, I'm going to say, can you please explain why? Because I trust you explicitly. (laughs) Whatever you say, I trust it. So I want to know why she's so opposed and why another doctor would be like, yes, do this. You need this. I I have no idea. I don't either. I think a lot of doctors think that it doesn't do anything. Yeah, but she said it was like, I remember her saying something like, it's like taking an atomic bomb to your immune system. And I was oh. like, whoa. 
Well, maybe your immune system needed that. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Needed I don't know. I just refresh. To anyone out there who's had those like opposing uh conversations with doctors, to me that it's it's just another frustrating layer on top of the shit cake that is infertility when you have doctor two doctors that you trust that are telling you different things and you're like who do i believe and that's that's the rub is that what you say it's like when two boys are fighting over you in high school it never once happened to me <laughs> i was gonna say what <laughs> never once okay your turn sarah <laughs> so i'm sarah i'm married to peter we have the most like boring names. <laughs> um, my fallopian tubes uh, were broken. I had, they were swollen, full of fluid. Had them taken out, did IVF, uh, didn't work. The embryos, none made it to freeze. And then the two that we transferred didn't, didn't implant. And then we did IVF again and we got two embryos. We did a fresh transfer and that was my son Bjorn he is five and then we did another transfer two years later and that's our daughter Genevieve and she is two no more transfers we're done (laughs) right we're done too we have no more embryos uh that's why we call you Sarah no tubes yeah just keep it short and simple that sort of explains it all (laughs) Sarah no tubes yes and uh that meowing you hear is cedar the mascot who also has no tubes now (laughs) or a uterus because sarah she's like i'm not gonna be the only infertile woman in this house yeah she's an infertile queen she (laughs) she showed up pregnant and then she had her babies and we kept them all oh and they're so sweet look at them look at them they're so cute and then you sterilized can imagine the the trauma that you inflicted on another being. <laughs> I know. I felt guilty, but <laughs> it needed to happen. They can't make decisions on their own, so <laughs> I had to do it for them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we are really glad that you're, we already said that. We're glad you're here. We're not glad that you're here, that kind of thing. Uh, just a little bit about the podcast we talk about infertility, IVF, all of those things, but we are not doctors and we say it over and over again. We're not here to give you any medical advice. We suggest you not take our medical advice if we if it slips in there. We are just here to provide a little bit of levity, lots of validation, um, and provide kind of a community for you to help you kind of laugh your way through this you know what? We've been called comedians in the past, but I don't know if I would say we're comedians. Yeah, I don't know that I'd go that far, but we're we're, we're a, not doctors. Uh, we we don't have a label. I would say just just normal people. I don't know. Yeah, we came from YouTube originally. That's right. That's how we met. We've Forgot only met in person that. one time. Yes, and I stayed at your house, which is. It was fun. It was really fun. But it was super fun. When you think about it, it's like that's a little weird. What meeting oh, a that... stranger from the internet <laughs> and staying at their house? You weren't a stranger at that point. I'd been friends with you for like six years at that point. That's true. That's yeah. True. 
okay. so what we're we're recording right now ahead of the episode you're about to listen to that was already pre-recorded so that's why we just wanted to pop on here quick give you an intro welcome you if you're new and then i also wanted to say just say thank you to everybody from um that listened to our last episode um who reached out to me and gave me some support uh that really helped um i was feeling so nervous about it as you know sarah i told you yeah uh so it's very vulnerable and like exposing so i just want to thank you if you were someone who reached out and and encouraged me because that really meant a lot and um yeah so i just wanted to put that out there and then the last thing we wanted to talk about before we play so this next episode you're going to hear we talk about the covid vaccine oh yes and again it was already pre-recorded so at so there's even been new information that has come out even since we recorded so we wanted to add a little bit to that <laughs> Sarah, do you want to take it away? On We put out a video, a teaser on Instagram that was talking about the COVID vaccine, which I'm sure we're all sick of. Just COVID. Like, yeah. can this be over already, please? So we were talking about that on Instagram, and then we had some uh, feedback it was only from one person, so it's not like it was everyone. But someone said we were disgusting for spreading false information. There were some questions in the DMs, too. Oh, there was? Yeah. You're more of the DM person than me. <laughs> like, if you get it to it before me, I won't see it. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You know, the, the dark shit goes down in the DMs. <laughs> that's true. So, anyway, go ahead. The public comment was, they said we're discussing for spreading false information and that there have been miscarriages caused by the vaccine. She's like, look at VAERS. So it's V-A-E-R-S. It's an acronym for something, a a vaccine. Awareness. Uh. So basically, it's a (laughs) self-reporting website where people can go in. It's kind of like Google reviews for vaccine-related problems. Yes. Oh, it's Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. It's a self-reporting system. Right. And it's run by the government. But they make all of the reports public. So the, the public can take these reports and do what they want with them. Mm-hmm. So, which can I just say before you go on? I don't sure. hate the transparency of that. No, but where it gets a little sticky is when you take someone's self-reporting and then, because you don't know anything else about that person except, oh, uh, I got a cold after this vaccine. It's like, well, did you also run into someone who had a cold virus? <laughs> you know, there's no other context for it. Right. Um, yeah. This is what Vayers says. Vayers reports alone cannot be used to determine if a vaccine caused or contributed to an adverse event or illness. The reports may contain information that is incomplete, inaccurate, um, coincidental. Cons- did I say that right? Unverifiable. 
in large part... <laughs> Coincidental. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. In large part, reports to VAERS are voluntary, which means that they are subject to biases. This creates specific limitations on how the data can be used scientifically. Data from VAERS reports should always be interpreted with these limitations in mind. In mind, sorry. What we, what we talk about in the episode you're about to hear is the rumor that... Um, that the vaccine, the rumor was that the vaccine can cause um, infertility by, what was it? I mean, basically causing you to miscarry. And, but right. the reason about why that, you know, the, the reason that was spread by this German doctor, um, that is what has been debunked. That reason. That doesn't mean that out there that there could be another possibility that that the vaccine maybe causes miscarriage. I'm not going to discount that if that if somebody is has a real and legitimate concern because it's so new. I understand that and I'm very sympathetic to that because it's scary. Um, however, the rumor about why you know, that was cited specifically in this thing going around the internet. That is what has been debunked. I hope to God that we don't six months from now find that that's true for a different reason. But as far as what, you know, that what we talk about in this episode, that specific reason has been debunked. And this person on Instagram, and she's not alone, they're just saying, well, I don't want to do it because it causes miscarriage without even giving a causation or a reason they just think the vaccine causes miscarriage and what like what you just pointed out that the VAERS website goes on and on about like this is not scientific data this is self-reporting so it is you know wildly lends to uh your own bias kind of thing but it's also like google reviews you don't give people google reviews unless they mess up you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and then, you know, the other thing, and this is, this is like uncomfortable, but unfortunately there just hasn't been, like, I feel, I feel for any woman who's gone through miscarriage. Obviously I've been through it myself and it was one of the worst possible things I could have ever gone through. And I understand like the fear, um, even when you're not dealing with a vaccine, believe me. Um, so I'm so sympathetic to people wanting a reason, people wanting a uh, wanting to be extra extra careful. I totally get that, and um, I just don't like the or I don't understand the the concept of like, well, someone said said it was so on the internet, so I'm just like that. To me, is like, well, can we have a little bit of critical thinking? And the other really uncomfortable no. fact, <laughs> the other really uncomfortable fact for me is that, you know what? Miscarriage is really common. One in four. 20, 20% right 20 no, to 25 percent yeah it depends yeah. on the age and blah 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 but you know yeah it depends on factors but it's it's common and so of course there's going to be women who get the vaccine and then miscarry because there's a good chance that that might have happened you know otherwise even if they hadn't gotten a vaccine when you just think about it out of every four pregnancies one of them may be a misca miscarriage anecdotal advice is not facts <laughs> i'm sorry it's just not 
Okay, we can get off this topic. The last thing, I want to say one more thing. I want to end it with a little bit of hope, Sarah, if you're okay with that. Again, if you're if you're newly pregnant or you're wanting to be pregnant soon and you're nervous about the vaccine, I totally understand. So I know like we've joked about this a little bit and ripped on anti-vaccine ideology, but I understand being nervous. Like I would be too. I I get that. I just want to like validate people that it's okay to like feel nervous about it. Well, and um, if you're like, uh, I, d- I don't know, I don't feel good about it, then don't get it. And again, like don't spread misinformation. That's the other thing for me. Like if you're just not comfortable with it, that's fine. But going out there and like clickbaity headlines spreading that around Facebook and social media or whatever that the vaccine causes miscarriage when it's like no it has not been proven that that is a thing so it's just not helpful to spread misinformation and we would be all over it oh for sure that were the truth like if we're an infertility podcast I know yes which if that were proven we'd be all over it that brings me to my last point Okay, this is brand new information. Uh, As of just a few days ago, I guess, most of the uh, two out of three of the vaccine manufacturers have started trials on pregnant women. So within eight or nine months, we will have actual data that is that will give us some, you you know, that's not that's not anecdotal. Right. So um, like Pfizer has they they started a trial in February with 4000 women. Johnson and Johnson says it will start a trial um, in the near future. So we will know soon enough. So if it's something like I want to wait till I have more data that I can get behind. Yeah. But to just like go out there and spew misinformation. That's not helpful. And it's uh it's just, yeah, please don't do that. And on that note, <laughs> uh, here's the next episode. Enjoy, guys. Let us know what you think. Okay, so Sarah, this first article is about the COVID-19 vaccine does not cause infertility as social media myths are claiming. Have you seen this rumor spreading about fake news? (laughs) That's fake news. Yeah. Did you read this? I did. It's so wild that uh, how much misinformation gets spread around. You know, it didn't help that the originator, supposedly, of this myth is a physician and he used to work for Pfizer, right? That's Wolfgang Woodbartz, a German (laughs) politician. Politician. That should tell you all you need to know. Yeah. I I feel like I really sound like I'm speaking, like I speak German when I read it. (laughs) I had a German babysitter, like full German. So <laughs> this guy's an anti-vaxxer, right? Right. And he also like, he hasn't been a doctor since, you know, the mid nineties. So I'm not really, I think he's maybe not, not read up on uh, the <laughs> recent, but he also like was the, 
I guess he claimed that like the swine flu wasn't a thing and I don't know. He's just one of, yeah, he's an anti-vaxxer. Okay. So his, <laughs> the thinking behind what he said. Yeah. That is Cedar the cat. In case you're wondering, <laughs> she is now a part of the podcast. <laughs> she is our mascot. Yeah. She's Cedar. um okay so he used to be a an employee for pfizer and his thinking is the vaccine triggers disease fighting antibodies to the coronavirus spike protein and it triggers an immune response against a protein called syncytin one which is involved in the formation of the human placenta and so he's like no placenta Equals no pregnancy, which means infertility. Right. And there we are. Right. So he's basically saying this, the vaccine has an antibody that attacks placenta protein. So if you were to get pregnant and start forming a placenta, these antibodies that you received from the vaccine would essentially be like, attack it. Right. Yeah. So, but... Later on, like he says, there's no indication whether antibodies against spike proteins of the coronavirus would act like anti-syncytin one <laughs> antibody. Yes, whatever antibodies. <laughs> I mean, allegedly he's just really fucking stupid. No, sorry, take that out. <laughs> this is a bad ar- argument. Against the vaccine. Well, and a lot of people like to see this. It's like the clickbait and they read it and then they're like, oh, my God, now I shouldn't get the vaccine because it'll make it'll cause me to become infertile. It's like you need another thing to worry about causing infertility. This isn't one of them. So the biggest um, piece of proof, at least from that I took away from the article, was that if this were true, if what he's proposing were true, then we would see that would mean that every person, every woman that's already had the coronavirus, they obviously have these spike proteins as well. And so we would see a decline in fertility in women who have tested positive for coronavirus. And that is simply not happening. That is the strongest evidence against what this guy is saying. There's there's just been no evidence of that. Yeah, and of course... um People have taken what he said and ran with it. Um, An example (laughs) is, okay, this is an article headline uh, that was passed around on social media. Head of Pfizer research, COVID vaccine Mm. is female sterilization. (laughs) Yeah. Like you said, taking taking it and run with it. Like he hasn't worked for Pfizer for... A long time. He is not the head of their research. He doesn't even work here. Yeah. <laughs> you don't he go, even here, go okay? here. So don't buy into this. This is this is all baloney. Um, you know who if you don't want to read this article, you know who did a really good um Instagram post about it is Dr. Natalie Crawford. She addressed this back in December I think she has it 
she's Natalie Crawford MD on Instagram. She has it saved in her highlights. It's the very first one in her highlights. It's talking all about the COVID vaccine and debunking everything that if you don't want to read this article, just go watch her whatever. It's like a minute <laughs> and she talks about it as well. Um, and explains it. Although there are a lot of big, heavy words in it that I didn't get. But I got the gist. You're, it's okay to take the vaccine. <laughs> it's not going to sterilize you. It's not going to sterilize you. Do you know anyone you know that's gotten vaccinated? Steril- oh, go ahead. Yeah, my dad. Nice. Oh, I was just going to make a joke about chlamydia. It's fine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, my dad got vaccinated. I love a good old chlamydia His joke. first one. <laughs> and my brother-in-law so nice good for them yeah <laughs> i've had a, a handful of people in my life that have gotten it and i love to see it let's change the topic so speaking of natalie crawford you said she made a controversial tiktok about weed and infertility yeah what what was it and then oh she just said don't smoke the devil's lettuce the devil's lettuce it'll she didn't say that she said oh. like, the proper words and stuff i would that would be hilarious that would be even if worse she if said, she said that <laughs> uh, that would be great if she said that but people came for her after that oh sorry i just turned on tiktok and it started playing okay <laughs> yeah she did not say that but um, Natalie has a pretty big presence on, well, yeah, she does on TikTok. She has, she has a pretty big presence 1, 000, everywhere. Yeah. 56. Wait, wait, wait. A hundred. Whoa. 100,056.3. So followers Cedar, come on. So they didn't like that. She said, don't smoke the ganja. Yeah, like she has this little sperm and she's holding it up menacingly, like taunting people who smoke weed. She's like, don't smoke weed. It'll affect your sperm and your uterus. Mm. So. This is the other way. See that toxic person? And we're walking the other way. Toxic person. Walk the other way. Toxic person. Okay, so she's saying marijuana is a toxin that's associated with hormone abnormalities, uh, anovulation, decreased fertility, miscarriage, lower live birth. Sperm and eggs don't like toxins. Yeah, I mean, she's right about that. True. Yeah. True. But then... There's a lot of people that are like, you know what? I smoke weed all the time and I'm pregnant now. <laughs> well, this to me, this is, I bet a bunch of people who know nothing about fertility came at her. Like, how are you going to tell me not? And for me, it's really like a cost benefit. Uh, you got to weigh the two. Uh, is there, is it? Is it okay to sacrifice a small piece of your potential fertility, especially if you're someone who doesn't know that you're infertile? Like, if smoking marijuana helps, really does a lot to help your mental health? I mean, to me, there's like, 
I don't know. It's up to the individual person to decide what the, what's best for them. That's how I feel about it. Do what you want. <laughs> I mean, I think it's like she's not wrong. It's, yeah, smoke. It's or not even smoke, but the whatever. I'm talking out of my ass. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know enough about this. I still go back to the do your research. I feel like a broken record saying that, too, on this podcast. There's she included one, two, three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve oh here's association between marijuana use and sexual frequency in the united states nobody i'm betting those people are having sex more (laughs) i don't know marijuana makes you like really relaxed so uh, i don't know yeah, we should we should yeah. do a separate episode just on this topic because I find it really interesting. I I think we should do a infernal mafia after dark on this topic. <laughs> we could get high while we're recording. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, I don't. Know, I'm down. I don't. You whatever you feel about marijuana, I don't care. It's legal in Illinois, and I consume it, and I enjoy it, so I don't, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, and medical marijuana is legal in Missouri, and I have a car, <laughs> so. So do with that what you want. There but if we I, are. if I was going through infertility treatments, I would. I wouldn't be, do it. I would be looking, I would be reading some of those articles that she, or the, whatever, the stuff she's talking about to make the best decision for me because again got away if you're doing it for a mental health reason not recreationally if you're if it really is helping your mental health again it's like weighing the pros and cons of that situation i'd want yeah i mean yeah i i usually take doses that don't really make me feel much of anything besides like oh i don't have a headache now you're a microdoser yeah yeah so i mean i don't know what i don't know i guess we'll have to read the studies and do a whole show on it yeah and like what are the studies on drinking while doing ivf i'm sure if you give embryos booze <laughs> they're not gonna like that right right i have learned i've done so much research since i uh was started thinking about getting a medical card yeah and so yeah we should do an after dark episode that's not available publicly (laughs) (laughs) do you have questions do you have opinions about weed in general or weed and infertility let us know email gmail or medical marijuana yeah yeah tell us your opinion um okay so let's switch gears we had a um we had a woman email us she is a psychologist i think hold on i want to get this right um when we asked we reached out and asked you guys um for some help we had this woman her name is lisa ransom she's a registered psychologist she's living in um australia she practices in new south wales and victoria which mean nothing to me but if you live in australia i assume it does um Anyway, she offered to help us out on offering some mental health advice. So um, I'm going to go ahead and play a clip that she sent us. And this is all about 
mindfulness from Lisa. infertility counsellor and psychologist and this is a moment for your mental health. Today we are asking the question what is mindfulness? Mindfulness at its core is the act or art of being present in the moment. Mindfulness often gets a bad rap and can sometimes seem impossible to engage in, conjuring up images for many of a person sitting cross-legged on a mat, eyes closed, humming, And when asked, they report a sense of complete peace and no experience of any thoughts. For most of us, this seems unachievable. And more importantly for most, this Zen state is unachievable. Let me demonstrate. I want you to imagine a pink elephant standing in front of you. This elephant looks just like any other elephant, except it is bright pink. Its ears are pink. Its trunk is pink. Everything about this elephant is pink, and exceptionally pink. Can you see the giant pink elephant standing in front of you? Now I want you to stop thinking about this elephant. Completely remove the elephant from your mind. How did you go? Did you stop thinking of the pink elephant? Or did the more you try and force yourself to stop thinking about the pink elephant, the more it came back into your mind and your thoughts? For most, if not all people, they will be unable to stop thinking about the pink elephant, particularly as they engage more forcefully in trying to push the thoughts away. How does the pink elephant relate to mindfulness? It's demonstrating how fighting with our thoughts does not work very effectively. As we saw, by actively working to push our thoughts away rather than retreat and go, they tend to come back at us with more force and intensity, leading to increased distress and anxiety. So if mindfulness is not about creating and having a blank mind, and if forcing our thoughts away brings them back, then what is mindfulness? How do we reduce those invading thoughts? And how do we not create a pink elephant situation? Mindfulness is the ability to learn how to be fully present or in the moment and the activity we are engaging in and to detach from our thought streams. When engaging in mindfulness, thoughts will inevitably intrude or enter our minds and lead to the disruption of our engagement or attention to the activity. Rather than fight to push the thoughts away, mindfulness encourages us to notice and acknowledge the thoughts remaining judgment-free as to why the thoughts are there or what they are about, to place those thoughts to the side and return and re-engage in our activity. You have not failed in your attempts to be mindful if you get taken away by your thoughts. Don't beat yourself up or get angry if it happens. Rather, go back to acknowledging the thought, placing the thought to the side and returning to your activity. Like all skills we learn, develop and practice, we get better with them over time and some days our ability to engage and complete our skills is better than others. The skill in mindfulness is not to stop our thoughts occurring but how to disconnect with them and return to our activity. Mindfulness can be practiced and engaged with anywhere and anytime from washing the dishes, brushing our teeth, 
taking a walk, focusing on our breathing patterns, or literally smelling the roses. When starting out building and integrating mindfulness skills, it can be helpful to set aside a dedicated time each day to engage in mindfulness practice, which will enhance the muscle memory for the skill, making it easier to draw upon when our thoughts are overwhelming. Apps such as Calm, Headspace and Smiling Mind can be a great resource to support your learning of the skill of mindfulness and for some, the ongoing guidance of these apps will be beneficial. I encourage you to think and reflect, how can I be mindful today? I'm Lisa and this has been a moment for your mental health. For more mental health tips and reflections, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Seeds for Hope. All right. Thank you, Lisa, so much. Um, I love that she talked about mindfulness. I don't know what mindfulness means to you, Sarah, but up until recently, I was like, what even is that? That sounds pretty woo-woo and not for me. (laughs) (laughs) Woo-woo! No, I think of it as like actually thinking about physical things and that are going on around you in the moment. Like... Yeah, I'm walking in the snow and it's cold. Yes, you're right. And again, it's like, it's part of like what I was talking about in the last episode. It's acknowledging thoughts and feelings that you have, but being more objective about them and not like getting so wrapped up like, oh, there goes a thought. There goes another thought. And not really. Because I don't know about you, but I live in my head. This is another coping mechanism for me. Because it makes me feel some kind of control to constantly like reason and think all the time, all day long about something. And yes. there's a cost to that. <laughs> Sometimes I have conversations and then I'll be like mouthing it. And then I'll see my husband be like, I'm singing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that is good advice, obviously, for our community just... Uh, for the infertility community because I don't know about you but I really got wrapped up in my head going through everything with especially like the what ifs all the like anxiety of the future or even um, dwelling on the way things didn't work out in the past and that's kind of the point of mindfulness is like let's just stay right here in this present moment it's all we have we are here now (laughs) (laughs) yes So coming up after this, we have Out of the Box, where we're going to talk about Botox. I don't know what we're going to talk about because (laughs) Kayla picked this out of the box. But before we talk about Botox, I just want you guys to know we have a Facebook group called the Infertile Mafia. And if you join the Infertile Mafia, you can go on to join the Infertile Mafia bosses and babies because they're linked. And if you're in the Infertile Mafia, I don't have to approve you to get in. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we have an Instagram. It's Infertile Mafia Podcast. Uh, feel free to send us an email to infertilemafia at gmail.com. And of course, yeah. don't don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Rate it, review it, all blah, that blah, good blah. stuff. Blah, 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 blah. If you see an article that you're like, this is cool, send it to us. This is what we need your help with. Help like, us. Help, help us, help, help. Yeah, but okay, so let's go to out of the box okay what what is it about botox uh okay 
Here's my question. Have you, well, first of all, have you ever done it? Have you ever had it? No, I haven't. When you're a young spring chicken, so. Well, Um, I just don't care enough to make the drive and, you know, pay for it. You also have zero wrinkles, so. My eyebrows are, like, one of my most, like, emotional feature on my face. (laughs) As they are for everybody. Okay, here's my question about Botox. So I have had, it's not what you think, um... For years, like, really terrible back and neck pain. Mm -hmm. And I see this, like, massage therapist, or used to, you know, COVID sort of put a damper on that. But she told me one time she thinks it might be originating from my jaw, like, from, because I clench my teeth. Yeah, me too. Like, my, the masseter, whatever. Yeah, like, this one? Yeah, yeah, that one. And I and so I have a night guard that I use oh, periodically. Really? Yeah, but it doesn't. Okay, so the night guard protects my teeth, but it doesn't keep me from clenching my jaw. Does that right. make sense? Mm-hmm. So I wake up and it's like so tight all the time. Anyway, I heard someone talking about using Botox on this muscle for teeth clenching, hmm. and I'm thinking of giving it a try. That's a good idea. I almost feel I have TMJ, so maybe that would yeah. help me and headaches all the time. Yeah, I do too on my uh, on my right side. Anyway, so I so I'll be honest. I was like, okay, I can justify the Botox for this reason, but maybe while I'm in there, <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, just uh, I don't know. I feel like this my left eye droops a lot more than my right. And I just, you know, maybe want to even them out. I don't really care about wrinkles. Would Botox help that? Like, what would... Supposedly, you can... So, it helps lift... You can help lift your eyebrow a little bit. So, if I just lift the one on this side, Hmm. (laughs) then my eyes will be more even. Just a tiny bit. Just a tiny bit. Isn't that how it starts, though? You go in once, and then you're like, shoot me up, doc. (laughs) <laughs> that's why people look surprised that's the joke with botox right. that's why you look surprised all the time yeah right <laughs> my friend worked at a plastic surgeon's office and she used to get botox for free nice. in that case i'd probably do it oh for sure yeah but so it's just something i'm thinking about i'm wondering if anyone knows anything about it let me know I've i seen told stuff about it yeah i've been reading about doing it for for uh teeth clenching do it but, and then tell us how it goes and then I'll, I'll do yeah. it if it goes well for you <laughs> and I won't and I will judge you if it goes poorly <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be the good I don't I don't see how it could go poorly because they inject it into your scalp basically I think really no like uh-huh. wait the yeah they inject it like your for temple. the for your for teeth clenching mm-hmm I thought it was just over here where this muscle is. I don't think so. I think no. it's like here. Uh, see, you can't I have see a what lot I'm to doing. <laughs> I think we should do a video podcast in the future. <laughs> we could even do one now. Maybe we'll work on it. Episode three will be so you can see where we're pointing to on our faces. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. up in my temples where the uh, TMJ 
causes the tightness. But I do clench my teeth too. So maybe, listen, you want to hear it? Did you hear it? I heard it. I know. You hear mine? A little bit. (laughs) This is riveting. (laughs) How many people have TMJ? (laughs) (laughs) Raise your hand. Yeah, Maybe it that's all. your infertility. Oh, no. Don't start spreading these kinds of rumors. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, heard anyway. it causes infertility, but. <laughs> I heard <laughs> somebody posted something on Facebook. Isn't that how all rumors in the world start? Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I'm interested. I'm here for yeah. it. We'll see how it goes. Uh, so I guess that's it. That's the show for today, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining the Infertile Mafia. Bye. Bye. <laughs>